Come on, something must have happened in your week. Something funny, something embarrassing. I honestly, I'm not living. Well, I know, no one's living. I've got no stories, Revs. You've got to drag one up from the olden days then. <laughs> the old, ye olden days. Ye olden, the black and white times, the before times. <laughs> I've got, I'm dry. So what, Iggy was sick? Is that a thing? Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh. no one cares. <laughs> no one cares about your sick kid. There was an earthquake this morning. Is that a thing? Hey, you felt it. I felt it. I was like, am I having a menstrual turn? Yeah. <laughs> but I, no, there was an earthquake. That's crazy. I hope no one was hurt. I, I, Chapel Street's in rubble. Shit. Poor Melbourne. Like, how much I more know. can she take? Seriously. <laughs> how much more can she take? I've got nothing, Revs. A I'm work trying. dilemma? No. I mean, work is just a constant ongoing dilemma. Nothing new there. Did your mum do anything? Did your dad do anything? Did your husband fuck up somehow? That's always fun. Nah. What have you got? How about you? Why I is it all on me? No. All right, let's just do the episode. A one, a two. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to... No, no, start again. Pep in your step. Sing your pep up song. Jitterbug. Jitterbug. We're both singing the same part. No one knows the lyrics ever. <laughs> you bring the boom boom into my life. My life. Or into my heart. No idea. You set my soul sky high when your loving starts. Is that it? I think so. Jitterbug into my van. <laughs> See, you know much more than Jitterbug, you let on. Jitterbug into my van. Why not? Sounds really kidnappy. <laughs> Can I do the intro? Yeah. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on the gram, along with my co-host, Revs, Revsity, Kate Reeves. <laughs> Hello, Kate Reeves. Hello. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me, Mrs. Pranita. <laughs> so today's a funny one. We're in a funny mood. We're in a funny place. But we're going to get it together for you because, you know, we're here. We're showing up. Right? That's enough, isn't it? That's enough. Sometimes you just gotta show up. What's wrong with Iggy? You were late getting the potty up. The DLs were rioting. They weren't really. They were very understanding. Like good mum friends. They were very understanding. There was one who was like, I'll let it slide. (laughs) Where's my potty? Where's my free podcast? But you know what's funny? I shared on Instagram how I was late to the potty and I know that there are some people who like to listen on their commute. And someone slid in and was like, who's commuting? We've been in lockdown for like a million years and i was like no there are people who do go to work ps yeah and essential bel- workers and people who aren't in new south wales victoria or i don't know where where's free where's well, free people in perth queensland queensland they're still commuting we have a lot of mamas who work in healthcare who listen to the potty because we've shared our stance on the vaccine and they're like pro us yeah just as we're pro them and they have graveyard shifts early morning starts and also let's not forget about the breastfeeding mums. i was gonna say let's give a holla to those breastfeeding mums in the dark morning who need a little friend in their ears. So I apologise. So you let them all down. I did. <laughs> you let them okay. all down. Look, we're being extreme. You got it up by like 7am. I know. So it's all good. <laughs> and how much sleep did you have? Like four hours. Babe, why didn't you text me at like nine at least and be like, I'm not going to make it. And I could have jumped on and done half of it. Dude, you've got enough on your plate. I was not prepared to handball things to you. I know, but I get very worried. I mum you. You do. And I get worried about your like three hours sleep and... Look, editing and me, 
we're just not friends. Yeah, it's not it's not sustainable, babe. <laughs> you can't be editing. Just to loop the DL in, we have talked. You know what? Maybe that's what this episode can <laughs> be about. You know what I have time for? This fucking podcast. Maybe we can share a bit about how the sausage gets made. To loop the DLs in, Gem and I take turns editing the podcast, turn about. I smash my... Well, look, I'm... <laughs> humble brag I'm an editor so it doesn't take me as long but also Jem has much more attention to detail I feel like you need to give some more context that I'm an editor that's a bit of a broad stroke okay I'm a video editor and it just correlates to audio editing very easily yeah it's the same software if you want to get technical so I don't find it takes me too long takes me about two sometimes three hours to do the edit takes Jem like seven to eight hours her attention to detail is next level she will not let dead air or a repeated idea go by whereas I'm more like take that out just nip that tuck that or you also leave shit in sometimes i just leave shit in that just shouldn't be in there shouldn't be there shouldn't like be there. when we talk over the top of each other and try you can play a game at home dear listeners and you can try and guess if it's a gem week or a revs week depending <laughs> depending on how perfect the podcast is anyway i usually have it all locked and loaded and scheduled to go live at 5 a.m. from like the day before. Jem, she's like really legging it to the finish line. <laughs> Usually she sends me the notes to write the copy around 11.30 p.m. on a Monday night. And I'm like, fucking asleep. <laughs> she's like, I'm still not done yet, but here's what we've said so far. <laughs> and I'm bashing out the copy, texting it to her. And then she's crawling into bed at like 1 a.m. And the podcast comes out four hours later. Look, you know how there are parts of every job that you don't enjoy? Yep. Mine is editing. Yeah. And it's a fortnightly thing. And just like how I handled all of my high school assignments and exams, I was a last minute Lavinia. <laughs> of all the names. Lavinia. Lavinia. It's a, a Shakespeare reference. Is it? You big daddy nerd. Who's Lavinia? Titus Andronicus. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. Last minute Lavinia. Not last minute Larry. Last minute Lisa. No, it has to be a female name. I was never going to go with last minute Larry. Last minute Loretta. Last minute Lauren. Yeah, could have gone with last minute Lauren. But no, Lavinia. At least it wasn't Lysander. (laughs) I like last minute Lauren. Let's go with that one. More our gen. Okay, I'm a last minute Lauren in everything I do. And that's just how I roll. And the thing is, this this is the thing. Rebs and I record an episode. Then I shelve it and go, that's not (laughs) until 9pm Monday. And I, ha- I feel like I have to remind people of this because a lot of people who do podcasts who are dropping weekly or bi-weekly episodes, this is their job. Yeah, full-time job. Mostly full-time. Yeah. A number of people part-time. Or they outsource. And look, I'm not trying to do a woe is me, wham, 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 whinge FM. It's which- so hard to have a successful podcast. <laughs> But Revs and I have full-time jobs outside of the podcast. And sometimes it's just a bit challenging. Look, this is the thing, dear listeners. You can't help Jem. Because I was like, let's hire an editor. We can get offshore. We can oh, Jem, I'll just do the editing. It doesn't tax me as much as it does you. And Jem's like, no, 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 no. Or sometimes I edit the podcast, put it up. Everyone's loving it. Jem's like, um, I just took it down and redid it and put it up again because you fucked up a number of times. <laughs> just letting you know, not getting on your back, but just letting you know you fucked up. <laughs> So you can't help her. She's a perfectionist till death. I'm also a micromanager. Yep, yep. So even if we did hire an editor, you'd be like, no, I don't know. I don't know about this editing Edwina. She's not getting it. 
<laughs> Look, I've been a photographer for Lord knows how many years. I have never outsourced my editing work. Yeah. I have edited every single photo that has ever landed in my client's inbox. Yeah. If I haven't changed that approach to my work, yeah. how am I going to change it with the podcast? But have considered hiring an editor for my weeks. My team, especially at the moment, are just at me in all directions. So can I just paint a picture? I sit down with my laptop. I've got my headphones in. I'm going to do a nice long flow editing sesh. Just get in it, get a few hours under my belt, feel good. Yep. Ping, email from Sim. Ping, message from Tom. Ping, Corinne's asking me something. You know, it's just... You're describing working, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to sit down and do a long (laughs) flow edit. Like your expectations are fucked up. And that's your problem, first of all. You don't sit down and flow through editing. You smash it out. Sit down, get it done, crank it. And do you listen to podcasts? Not while I'm editing. No, I mean generally. Obvi. Because the general tone of podcasts is like, it's just a convo, you let it flow. Sometimes people repeat themselves or make a mistake or whatever and they just pick up and keep going. Like most of the podcasts I listen to, I know it's not, (laughs) your eyes are killing me. She's looking at me like, how dare you suggest it's not perfect. (laughs) But some of my favorite podcasts, it's not overly edited. Revs. Our potty is far from perfect. All I'm doing is trying to keep the time tight. I don't like a long potty. Don't waste the dear listener's time. Give it to them tight and good. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Look, again, it all comes down to personal taste, Mm -hmm. but I am someone who doesn't like a ramble on. Bullshit. No, I don't. IRL, yes. All right. Well, look, I'm with you. I'm fine to fall into line with your standards because you lift me up. (laughs) That's why we're a duo. Perfectionist. Sloppy jalopy. No, you're not. Sloppy Susan. You're not sloppy Susan. A little bit. It's fine. It's okay. I'll own it. Sloppy Susan. Attention to detail. It annoys me, but I've come to own it because if I own it, then I can address it. Attention to detail is one of my weaknesses. Babe, you've owned it for the last nine months and I'm yet to see you address it. How are you addressing it? Talk me through your step-by-step plan. You know, in a job interview where they're like, so what are your weaknesses? And you're supposed to kind of like go, oh, I just work too hard. I'm too available. Like I'm such a perfectionist. You're supposed to give like, a good weakness Mm. in my head I always think I'm trying to work on my attention to detail but I don't have it so good at other things though it kind of evens out Uh, 100p (laughs) no one is good at everything okay the thing that I am not good at is smashing out the potty edit putting it in the vault yep what do you call that? How do I describe You know, it's an audio platform. Yeah, but how do I just? Describe- Gem is wiping her hands of the podcast <laughs> as we speak. And being like, I'm done, honey. I get really jealous when Revs is like done her edit by Friday. Oh my and God. I know that she doesn't have it hanging over her head on the weekend. Whereas I'm panicked all weekend knowing that I'm going to be spending six to eight hours on Monday editing. Party's all ready to go. All in there if you want to listen. And I always feel like, oh. And then I always end up listening and correcting all your mistakes. All right. Listen. <laughs> Listen, we're having our first on a little fight. On our spat therapy sesh. It's all good, baby. This is why we're a team. You're a three and I'm a seven. And together, with our powers combined, we're a ten. Ten out of ten. We're a ten. We're a ten. Speaking of ten out of ten, that's my daughter's birthday. Tenth of the tenth. It's a good date. Rolling around. Iggy's birth date is also the tenth. Tenth of the first, which is a ten reversed. (laughs) 
with a one on the end. Therefore, well, I, th- I see patterns in numbers. I have favorite numbers. Yeah. You know how some people are like no grown up has a favorite color. Yep. I have favorite number sequences. Okay. I'm not going to dive into it. It's just my weird thing. <laughs> what do you mean favorite number sequences? Like I just I, like, kind of like how I can enjoy a palindrome. Yes, yes, I, I could enjoy a palindrome. Yes, and I'm yeah. very good at memorizing number sequences. Okay, such as phone Re- numbers. Phone numbers. Like I could tell Anything you- else? <laughs> <laughs> pi? You can tell me pi up to 100 numbers. Like my login to my bank account. Cool, cool. BSB and account numbers. Passport number. I've just recently updated my passport. I have a new number, but I know it starts with a P and an A. Okay, but mine does too. I think everyone does. All right. <laughs> my last one started with an M. Okay. Good. Yeah, so did mine. Must be an era thing. Must be. Um, This is riveting. Chat. <laughs> We're really scraping the bottom of the barrel Can today. I go back to Isla's birthday? Oh, right. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't realize you were starting I was something. starting a topic. She's about to turn seven. My baby is seven. I don't know why, but seven feels particularly old. Yeah, it's a kid. Real kid. Like five is a kid and you always wig out when they turn five. It's like, oh, wow. Off to school yeah but they still look like a little girl or a little boy yeah a five-year-old six getting there but cute still seven full-blown kid and i feel like seven to ten blend <laughs> like sure like if there was to be a lineup of kids and it yep. was like point out the seven-year-old the eight-year-old the nine-year-old and the ten-year-old i don't think i could and especially isla because she kind of looks nine Oof. anyway because she's the cutest girl in the whole world do you know what she wants for her birthday what she wants a pair of cowboy boots that's so rogue. It's so cute. But why? Because she like has this little fashion plate book where you like you choose stickers to mm. dress the models. They're awful. They look like sexed up Bratz dolls. Gross. But she loves it. On a stage background and then you like give them a microphone. You can bedazzle the microphone and put a skirt on them and match a top. And it's fun. It, it, look, it gives me 30 minutes. <laughs> ding, ding. So she loves that. And her, one of the outfits she put together, the model had cowboy boots and she's frothing she's frothing and she's like mommy could i for my birthday please get cowboy boots and a pair of white jeans oh cute it's just i don't know why i'm finding it so adorable she's already got a denim jacket right she's got denim everything but like it's just like she's playing at being a girl or something i don't know she's expressing herself through clothes fun i don't know i just think it's the cutest thing ever unlike teddy who's like for my birthday i want a giant nerf gun spider-man jumping castle trampoline (laughs) she's like can i please get some cowboy boots i'm like yes baby so now i'm on a mission to find the coolest cowboy boots that can be delivered in the next week does she have a color preference? She loves blue everything. It's her middle name. So it's her favorite color. Yeah. So I was thinking if there's blue, but I, you know, like brown or white or I don't know, whatever I find that's cute. <laughs> I'll get on board and I'll get into it. Oh, we know. You love a project. I love a project and I'll have a full range of cowboy boots soon in a size one. She's a one now. She's moved over from the like 30 whatevers. God, I didn't know that was a thing. And you go back to one. It's almost like moving into the junior feet stakes. Seven. Yeah. I can't deal with that. I know. I've been a mum for seven. Seven years. God damn. Yeah. Seven year itch. I'm thinking of pulling the plug. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Last week you had me worried that you were after more kids down the track. Nah. I was like, Revs, don't do it to me. (laughs) Ah, it all comes out. Of course. (laughs) Was I not explicit enough? It's about me. (laughs) I was like, no, bestie, don't go back into the newborn hole of hell. (laughs) Wouldn't that just be the most ironic twist? If I was like a mum on my own in the newborn phase for all these years, then you join me, then we get through it together. And I'm like, I'm going back into the cave. See you never. (laughs) 
That would suck. Yeah, and I would be more aggressive about showing you what you're missing out on. And how would we record the podcast with like a... In the background. (laughs) The audio would be terrible. Nah, it'd be sweet. People would love it. Mm. They would love it, but they wouldn't have to live it like you and I would. Exactly. We're not up for raising another baby. No. So what don't you have time for this week? You know what? We're in like a nice jovial mood now, but if I'm honest, what I don't have time for this week is myself. (laughs) Please elaborate. I... I'm tired of presenting strong to the world. Mm. I've always done it. Mm-hmm. It's like my fatal flaw. Mm-hmm. I present strong like I'm handling everything and like I'm coping everything. I'm a hype girl for my own life, like a PR everything. Like everything's great. This is why it's all positive. Try and keep everything really positive. Don't ask for help ever. And I don't have time for continually presenting strong yeah. to the world when actually... I'm not handling things. Okay. (laughs) Now, it's not a big crisis of everything, right? I think it's something that we as women do a lot of, right? Hungie peaks. It's a very strong mother move as well to just be like, I've got this. I'm handling it. Yep, it's a lot, but I've got it. Spinning plates, spinning plates. As we've talked about before, you go through that cycle of handling it, handling it, handling it a little bit less. Full-blown breakdown. (laughs) Something I've learned about myself in recent times is that I'm very bad at asking for help. I was just about to say that you are very good at PRing your own life. Yeah. And... As an outsider, you seem okay. And All the, the time. <laughs> well, it's a really tricky thing with social media. I think this is where social media actually allows a lot of people to shoot themselves in the foot because yeah. it is that, I don't want to use the word performative, but, but I is. think social media in general is very performative and you cherry pick what aspects of your life you want to share. Yeah. And generally speaking, while our podcast is a Winge FM station, that's not then going to transition over to your socials as well because how bleak and depressing. to like jump on someone's page online who's just constantly morose. (laughs) The reality is a lot of people are doing it tough at the moment and women, as you say, have to keep their shit together. Yeah, especially when so many people are doing it tough. And we're at that stage of life where there's always someone who has it rougher than you. I mean, you look around you and you go practice gratitude, practice gratitude. Like, I don't have it that bad. I'm doing fine. I've got, you know, it's, it's okay. I just need a hot shower and a shower cry and a good sleep and I'll be fine, you know. I think there is something in and it's a very female trait and it's a very mum trait to just continually present like you've got it. I've got this. It's fine. And what I've been finding I'm doing a lot lately is over committing to things. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's fun when you come to a realization about yourself and your best friend's like, are you just realizing this now? <laughs> Baby, overcommitting is, should be your middle name. Like, Kate overcommitted Reeves. Kate overcooking things Reeves. Kate overpresenting Reeves. But I usually deliver. Do you know what I mean? No, but- I know you're very good to your own detriment. Yeah. Of delivering. But at the moment, I'm finding, like, I'm overpromising under delivering. You are. I'm just burning the candle at both ends. Not to me, but to yourself, I do feel that you are definitely doing yourself a disservice by putting it out there and putting it out there. I know I mentioned social media before, but it's not just that. It's also IRL. Yeah, how you present. Yes. 
And it's how you show up for work. It's how you show up for different members in your own family. It's how you show up to your friends. I I think part of this fatal flaw I have of hype girling is also I'm an extrovert and I genuinely get energy from other people. So when I'm around other people, if I run into someone at the park, if I'm on a picnic, if I'm at a party, remember in the before times, or if I'm at a girl's lunch or whatever, tell me if I'm wrong, but I have never turned up in a bad mood or sulky or well here's a question have you ever been in a scenario where you've say for example had a heated discussion with your husband and you've had to like run out the door Mm. and attend a girl's lunch do you shelve that or do you unload uh i might unload but i don't bring the mood yeah you know i don't i catch feels as you say like i catch the good vibes yeah very easily and very quickly because I'm an extrovert. So if I run into people, I'm always like, hey, how are you going? And then like, you know, it's really awkward because about three or four sentences they're in, they're like, where's your husband? I'm like, funny story, we've separated. And people are like, oh, you seem so fine. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's awkward. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like I'm, I'm presenting so together. And what that also does is that you don't get cut any slack anywhere when you're not handling things. So what's the antidote to this fatal flaw? Yeah, I don't. I think probably a boundary or two. Yeah, I would have to agree. I'm really, really shit at boundaries. I know that sounds like therapy chat, but something else I've learned about myself through fucking lockdown in the last year is like, I'm not, I don't, I can't set boundaries. Like I can't. You need to. But tell me, talk to me about it. How do you do it? Because you're a very say yes person. I am. And you're a very positive person and you you like to match the energy of a social or work situation. Yeah, I I like the term yes and. Yeah. I'm a yes and girl. Yeah. It's an acting term in improv in case no one's heard of yes and, but it's like where someone throws out an idea and you become the uptaker of that idea and go yes and then we're in a boat and yeah. then the next person says yes and look there's a shark and yes we run from the shark because you know, in an acting situation if someone's like oh we're in a boat and you're like it's not a boat it's a car it's like ah oh, it goes nowhere exactly <laughs> hence the yes, yes and, and mentality yeah. and I definitely am one to carry that with me through life but back to boundaries chat because I think boundaries is a very important conversation to be had and I feel it's a word that's bandied around a lot but do we really know what it means I don't think I do I definitely don't think you do <laughs> <laughs> but I was also someone once who never understood the power and the importance of boundaries until I learned to exercise them okay. and then saw the benefits of boundaries. Mm. And now I am very liberal with putting up those walls and those healthy boundaries. Yeah. I feel like I need to add a little bit of context to this. So years ago, I went through a really crappy breakup and like kind of the running gag online, we always joke about stalking your ex. Or yeah. And when I was basically a puddle on the ground, yeah. I went and worked with a psychologist and something she said to me, which was really, really, Really helpful and I carry it with me to this day and use it all the time is the idea that if you go searching for something about someone online you're gonna find it yeah and it's never gonna make you feel good yeah but as people we have this appetite for information about people I think an ex is kind of a really good example for this because suddenly your lives go in different ways and you go from knowing someone intimately, like every detail of their life, every schedule, every emotion, every flaw to 
oh, I suddenly don't have access. Basically, what the psychologist told me is that when you go searching for things online, it's a bit like junk food. So in the moment when you're Googling or stalking or seeking <laughs> straight out, up stalking. straight up stalking, Own it. <laughs> it's like eating McDonald's where in the moment it feels really good. Yeah, it's you're like you're some kind of satisfaction. Yeah, you're feeding the beast. satiating a thirst yeah. and then you're shoving chips and burgers and all in your face and you feel really really fucking good in the moment and then you feel like shit because you haven't nourished your body yeah. with anything good you found something that you didn't want to find yeah. and the problem with the internet as well is a picture tells a thousand stories yeah. and you actually don't know the real story so for me that's that was my journey into understanding healthy boundaries and in terms of my ex I developed this it's so funny because I can't commit to exercise for more than three months, but I committed to, to this putting, boundary on yourself. I did. I put a hard boundary and I've never bent. I'm so immovable when it comes to that hard line or hard wall, mm-hmm. I should say. And it served me so well because it is one of those scenarios where I realized that ignorance truly mm, is bliss, bliss. Yeah. It, it really is what you don't know can't hurt you yeah and it's true yeah and every now and then i've had situations where an ex has like popped up into my social feed as it can from time to time especially if you live in the same city or you once shared friends yeah and instead of letting that open pandora's box for me I've put up a wall um, and I mean like a literal wall, like a, oh, I need to unfollow this person because they're now socializing. Wait, you built a literal wall? Sorry, that's not what I meant. <laughs> it's a figurative wall, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So I think Revs, for you, because of everything that you're shouldering in your life at the moment, I mean, I look at you some days and you look like Atlas. Yeah. I can see the weight of the world on your fucking shoulders and you're full of heaviness and I think like I know we're not an advice giving podcast but this is just bestie chat I just think what can you take off your plate I know but this is the thing that I want to hash out because that's a boundary with yourself right yes that you created there yes that was, it's almost like a rule or a playbook more it is than a boundary that is one way to look at it yeah but I think for me like Showing up positively on the podcast, for example, or showing up positively on social media or IRL when I take my kids to the park or when I'm spending time with my kids. It's so weird because we're in lockdown. So it's not like I'm like socializing a lot. But so the places I'm showing up socially are this podcast and Instagram. Like I know I'm putting forward this really together persona. It's not that I'm cultivating that. I'm not doing it to hide anything. Or it's not like a fake it till you make it kind of thing. And it's not a disingenuous thing. Like that is how I show up socially in real life, right? Would you agree? I I would agree. But where it's causing disconnect in your real life is that your real life friends also see how you are online and then sometimes don't know that you actually need support. Exactly. This is my point. And I think that's what's... I'm impossible to help, basically. Yeah, you are. Because, look, it's that weird thing, I think, when you know someone in real life and they have a very public social media, is it's hard to discern online revs versus real life revs. And when you're someone who already doesn't know how to ask for help, then that's where assumptions are drawn and made. And I think that... 
sometimes IRL friends can go, oh, she's sweet. Yeah, she looks she's, like she's fine. She's fine. Yeah. But actually, in real life, you're not. But then, as you said, you're an extrovert who likes to catch feels and you want your interactions with people in real life to feel positive. And, well, it's not even that I want that. That's naturally what happens. Yeah. Because I get so much energy from people. I don't mope and I don't stay sad for long and I don't... Is yeah. that, am I right about that? Have I got the right take on myself? Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you there. Then it just people are like, oh, she's sweet. We're good. And then the problem with that, I should say, is that people who are used to needing things from you still need all those things from you and they and they expect the rhythms that you've always performed to continue going. So I, I guess at what point do you, how do you put down a boundary and say like, hi guys, I'm having a really hard time at the moment. I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, Z. I think you just answered your own question. <laughs> uh, I know. Give me a break or cut me some slack or don't ask me for anything for a while. I think for you, it's actually less of boundary setting and more of asking for help. Yeah. Or just being okay with telling someone that you're not okay. Yeah. And that your plate is at max capacity and that you can't take on another thing, whether it's a practical thing or an emotional thing. That you don't have the mental space for it. Yeah. I think it's literally communication. And you're a bit of a hedger. Yeah. Like you're a bit like, oh, I'll just, I'll tolerate it and I'll just carry on and I'll just die. Like, I feel like even this past week, I had a bit of a sixth sense with you where I felt like you weren't okay. And it's not like you explicitly told me anything. I just felt like you've got a lot going on. Yeah. And that maybe you just need someone to ask, are you okay? Yeah. It's really interesting, isn't it? I've always thought people like me. (laughs) I mean, I've got friends like this. We've got mutual friends like this too. It's not just me, right? People who are just don't ask for help and always happy to hash out other people's stuff and try and be there for everyone. Try and be a good friend. Try and be a good partner. Try and be a good daughter. Try and be a good sister. All those things, right? And But one of the things about my personality type, and we have other friends who are like this too, is that you expect other people to just check in on you because that's what you would do to others. Do you know what I mean? Like, I am very intuitive and I would be like, "Mm, Gem's not okay. And I will check in and badger you until you tell me what's wrong. Yeah. And I guess you sort of, in my personality type, sit there and wait for people to like, read your mind yeah, and either leave you alone, cut you some slack or say, are you all right? Do you need Mm. anything? But when you present so perfect, not perfect, but when you present so positively or put together together all the time, you're right. Why would anyone go, "Mm, I just get a sense she's falling apart. Maybe I should check in. It's kind of adjacent to, do you know the uber generous person who you almost can't thank enough? Do you know that person? Yeah. That type? Someone who is just the best friend, the best sister-in-law. For me, it's like thoughtfulness. The thoughtfulness is amazing. Like they're always there for you. They always do the right thing in a time of crisis. But then they're rarely satisfied with the thanks they get. What do you mean? There's a... (laughs) No, because most of the people that I know who are like uber generous, and I mean in spirit and even in gifting, like in all forms, they expect very little in return. I have often found that the more generous and there for you people are, they're the first people to feel unappreciated. Oh, I thought the opposite. Yeah. In my experience, they're the ones who it's like they're thanklessly. Yeah. That, well, that's a different type. Okay. There are people who are like actively good. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's very easily let down. Okay. So it's again, it's expecting other people to act like you, right? Yes. But if someone is just like overtly good to you and you almost 
don't want them to be anymore because you can't keep up with thanking them. Yes. And you can't match their level of generosity and support. It's like there are people who are like, it's it's their identity to be helpful. Yeah. And they are often the first person to be like, no one's thanked me for all the things I've done to help. (laughs) Because again, people get used to that rhythm of like, oh, that person will just always be there for me. Oh, that person will help me out. Oh, I'll just call that person. They're always so happy to help. Yeah. And then that person can feel taken advantage of. Mm. You know, like there's a threshold. Yes. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm hitting the threshold for being put together. (laughs) I think I've like tried to spin plates and positively move into this chapter of my life pretty hard now. And I just feel like... You've hit your limit. I've hit my limit. Yeah, you've hit your limit. I just can't take on anyone else's emotional shit. I think think that's all you're trying to say is that because you're so used to being the person who's there for other people, for the first time in your life in a long time, you have haven't got your ducks in a row. I haven't got in, my shit together. Yes, you yeah, don't you have can your. Say it, it's fine. <laughs> you don't have your. I saw you carefully choosing another term. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you because I think you're handling things very well. But I also think this is a very alien and foreign space you're in, yeah. where you're like, oh, I'm the friend in the group who's like really for. Like, do you remember when I fell apart? Yeah, yeah. Up until that point, it was discombobulating. I, it, I had never fallen apart. Yeah. And suddenly, all the people around you are like, what? No, you're you're the one with your shit together you're steady eddy and i think for the first time in your life in a long time and this is big stuff yeah like you're going through an enormous life change and i feel like you want to keep up appearances maybe i do do i do you reckon that's maybe what I'm doing? maybe but i'm so happy to own where i'm at no like, i know but i think maybe i don't but i also think the pandemic hasn't helped yeah because it's this extra layer that hangs over everyone and that prevents you from taking ownership of this shit situation that you find yourself in. I think the lockdown has really probably exposed this to me. Definitely. But also exacerbated it because I have to just sit alone in this apartment with my thoughts. I can't go out and distract myself. I'm not seeing friends. No, and for someone who's an extrovert, being forced to sit with your own thoughts and get no energy from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's amplifying everything to you, I imagine. Yeah, it is. And also, I guess this is the thing. I do present strong and capable. And maybe if I was seeing my friends... You know, they would pick up on, oh, God, this sounds like I'm whinging and going like, no one's noticed I'm sad and brought me muffins. (laughs) I'm finding it really hard to articulate. I mean, I get it. I'm just saying there are it's such a female womanly thing to do to be like, I've got this. I've got this. I'm fine. And then you just don't go from like that to like, oh, maybe I should think you just go straight from that into breakdown. You just hurtle headlong from managing it and coping to breakdown. There's no in between. No, you're, if we were to graph your journey, yeah. <laughs> it would be this really smooth incline and then a straight drop off. Just a nosedive. Yeah. Just a straight up nosedive. Just a cliff jump. Just a skydive out of a plane <laughs> into a burning fire. <laughs> comes back to that old thing that we hear all the time which is you don't know what shit people have going on in their life no you just don't from the person you run into at the park to your uber driver person on the other end of the call center to your barista to your kids teacher to another mum friend you just don't know what shit they've got going on no idea and i think we we do have to sort of lead with that when we interact with people especially in these fraught times you yeah know, when people are on edge i guess i guess that's my conclusion <laughs> I find 
incredibly liberating when you have a heated exchange with someone. Do you? When you actually go, you know what? They might have had a really shit day today. It's generous. Yeah. Like there are some people who are just dicks. Yeah. But if you actually break it down a bit into what could be going on in their lives that yeah. has led them to cut me off on that corner, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it diffuses your anger yeah, towards yeah. them because yeah. it brings you back to the human level where yeah. you go, yeah, everyone, I've had those days. Yeah. I've had a really tough time in the past before where I was a dick on the road. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I've got a story to share about some altercation I, I had say, driving. Have you had an accident? <laughs> Something I want to share with the dealers. Who's driving at the moment in LD? Help me articulate my point, Bestie. What's what's my point? I think it's very straightforward, actually. I think you expect people to read your mind. Yes. And I don't say Is that... Is that it, too much to ask? No, I don't say that in a mean way. I think it's something that a lot of people do where you're struggling and it's like, isn't it obvious to everyone that I'm struggling? You know, I think everything just boils down to the fact that we need to be fearless in telling people where we're at. Mm. And it's something we're not good at no, we're as not. a society. We're not. It's funny because my mum's English. She would be like, oh, your generation overanalyzed. So many feelings. Yeah, so, <laughs> so many feelings and labeling all just the feelings. Just suck it up. <laughs> what happened to just rubbing along and getting on with it? Rubbing along. Rubbing along, oh. which is very that gen. Yeah. To be like, oh, you don't have real problems. Get over it. Well, it's more that I think there's an acknowledgement of real problems, but there's also a degree of just get on with it. And I do in some way. Yeah think that yeah. at some point yes. you do have to get on with it. Like yes. you can't just years ago when I fancied myself as an advice giver, mm-hmm. I did a blog post once, which actually resonated. This is back when blogging was a thing. I remember. About how to handle a breakup. Yeah. One of my steps was be the Olympic champion of crying mm. and feeling and wallow and eat all the ice cream and sleep all day if that's what you need. Indulge fully. Yeah. But put a time limit on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you can't make that your state of permanence. No. You have to at some point crawl out of the hole. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. Where you actually have to get bored of yourself. Yes. And go, fuck, I gotta get out. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta change. I gotta start. And I do genuinely think it can be habit forming to get better at communicating. Yeah. Your feelings, your state of existence. Yeah. And being unapologetic about that's the boundary, isn't it? It's about saying, this is what I need and this is what I don't need. Yes. And not feeling like you're letting people down or people are gonna be mad at you or you're not going to be there enough for someone. That's what a boundary is, right? Saying like, sorry, I'm really sorry. I love you, but I can't take your stuff on right now. Mm. Or thank you for checking in on me, but I can't do a FaceTime after eight o'clock because I'm too exhausted. Or I just don't feel like talking right now. I would never say that. I've never in my life said, sorry, I just don't feel like talking right now. I will say anything else. Like, sorry, I'm just finishing some work or sorry, the kids are up or sorry, I'm going to cook dinner or I'm just doing this thing. I would never just say, hey, I don't feel like talking right now. But also, Revs, you are <laughs> you are the ultimate open book. You're the kind of person. I'm an oversharer. You are an oversharer, but you could turn one page and then the wind blows <laughs> and all the pages have suddenly started fanning open. <laughs> You're like a Harry Potter book. <laughs> <laughs> don't even think COVID. Don't die on me. Oh my God. Jesus. I'm going to let myself <laughs> Oh my god, I'm having a physical reaction to being seen. I'm too much. <laughs> You're not too much. <laughs>
I am an oversharer. And as again, it's part of being an extrovert. It's energy. Yes. You know, like it's like, I'll share with you and you share with me and we'll all be best friends. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a campfire energy. Definitely. But it has no boundaries. And then at some point you're just exhausted. But then how do you know when that line is coming from energy and feeling part of a community and having friendships and real relationships to, and now I'm absolutely cooked and I can't go on. Do you know what I think you need? I think you need a few sentences under your belt. I think you think I need a mantra. We've got a girlfriend who is very good with boundaries. You know, as friends do, you have open chat. And I'm very much like you. Like, Mm -hmm. I will talk about anything and everything. And I'm like, fuck the surface chat. Let's go deep. Let's go deep. Let's be fast friends. But you and I have a girlfriend from school who is very good at saying, I don't want to talk about that right now. Mm. Where mm-hmm. you might just scratch the surface of a conversation, sometimes where I think they need to talk about a subject mm-hmm. because I can feel that they're sort of feeling a bit prickly on a topic or or they just need to unload and I'm happy to be their sounding board. And sometimes you can facilitate that chat by just bringing it up. Yeah. But she's very good at saying, no, I don't want to talk about that right now. Yeah. And I've never taken offense to it. No. In fact, mad respect. Mad respect. Like, I know someone who's said, I don't go to baby showers. <laughs> I'm like, mad respect. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. What do you mean? My sister's friend, she said, I don't go to baby showers. And people are like, oh, but you'll come to mine. She's like, I won't come to yours. I don't like baby showers. I hate them. I hate the games. I hate the whole thing. It's a fanfare. It's a farce. It's disgusting. Why do we have to do it? I'm not going to go. So then she get, she'll get an invitation and say, thank you so much for inviting me, but I don't go to baby showers. And I'm like, bow down, bitches. Okay. Bow down. Half of me, mad respect. Other half of me, you're so not malleable. Yeah, I know, but I wish I could do that. What's something that you genuinely don't like? But you feel you have to do? Or in the past, you've just grinned and bared it. Because I've got a family friend who, when we entered the stage of life where everyone was getting married, mm-hmm. she basically said to all her friends, please don't ask me to be a bridesmaid. Oh, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be a bridesmaid. Yeah. I don't feel like I need to be validated as a friend by being selected. You're welcome to tell me you were thinking about having me, but I... After you declaring your stance, I'm not going to ask you. But I just thought more power to you, girl. Yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? For me, the one thing I really hate doing is being in a group wedding photo. Oh my God, me too. (laughs) With like a hundred guests. And actually, I'm sorry to break your husband's heart, but I don't like any group photo. (gasps) I don't. I don't like it. You did not. I don't like it. They're stupid. Revs. Show me one of your favorite photos of all time that's a group shot. Okay, before we get to that, can I go to the wedding thing? Yes, because it's then going to ex- apply. No, and then explain why this is completely different <laughs> okay. to your point. You about tell me photos. why you hate a wedding group shot. Okay, first of all, I'm a wedding photographer. Okay. As we know, the group wedding photo always comes maybe 20 minutes to half an hour after the ceremony's ended. A lot of people have just been forced to... Forced is such a strong <laughs> word. This is a celebration of still. love. But during a ceremony, everyone is has focused energy towards the bride and groom. You're sitting quietly observing a ceremony, right? Then they walk down the aisle, the confetti's thrown, all the tension in the air. Not a t- <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's really selling weddings, everyone. You're forced okay. to sit in silence. There's tension in the air. Tension in the air. Okay, let me reframe that. <laughs> to all the nervous energy sure, sure, sure. has dissipated. Uh-huh. Everyone's got champagne in their hands. Usually there's some sort of cocktail hour that happens after Everyone the ceremony. Everyone wants to hug the bride and groom. 
all of that, the energy is relaxed. There's a real shift. Yes. I, like it's t- tangible. Yes. Like you can feel it. Everyone's like, ha. Ah. <laughs> Even the bride and groom. She showed up. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> what a relief. But then when you have to do the group shot at a wedding, you're breaking up that social chit chat that everyone's totally. been hanging out for. Yes. And you have to remember as well that weddings are a reunion for yeah. a lot of people. It's the uh-huh. opportunity to see their fucking long lost auntie and uncle and yeah. cousins from yonder. But like everything at weddings, it's one of those things people think well you've got to do that you've got to have a two thousand dollar cake you've got to have a group shot why don't you like them because it breaks the mood it completely breaks the mood you've got to wrangle everyone together it's like herding cats there's always some stragglers who are having a great chat with someone they haven't seen in five years there's some (laughs) and they just won't come over and stand in the motherfucking photo there's some grandma who's in the bathroom somewhere because they have had to hold their bladder for the last 45 minutes during the ceremony. Wait, wait, we can't start without grandma. And everyone's just standing there like, can we can be done with this? Yes. Plus some people have sunglasses on and the photographer's always like, sunglasses up, sunglasses up in the back, you in the back, sunglasses up. And everyone's like, pull your fucking sunglasses Dude, up. Dude, that's me. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've been like, excuse me, lady in the yellow dress, <laughs> can you please take the sunglasses off? Or I have to pull the line of, if you can't, can't see, see my- me, I can't see you. Correct. <laughs> and no one's having fun. No. And then that photo of Sucks. the bride and the groom with their 150 guests is never the frame worthy image. No. It's never the cover of the wedding album. Nope. It's never on anyone's wall. It's got no artistic merit. It's a shit photo. Yes. It's taken from above on the top of a stool on top of a table. <laughs> it's the photo that I often try and talk my brides and grooms yeah. out of. I guess people think it's a record of who was there. Get a fucking guest book. Don't break the vibes. But also trust that there are going to be enough shots yeah. of your guests yeah. in other ways, in much more candid, beautiful, raw, joyous ways than that forced <laughs> group photo that no one really wants to be a part of. And now that we've shat on that, <laughs> can I tell you why I hate any kind of group photo? Well, you're about to shit on my husband. I know, I'm going to break his little heart. Go on then, and, and then allow me my rebuttal. Same reason as the why it's bad at the wedding if you're having a good time so good you want to commemorate it with a photo you break the vibes by getting everyone together for a group shot it's awkward it's suddenly a football team you like you like someone's got to kneel down the front someone's no! gonna stand at the back what? then there's another awkward layer of having to because you've got to put it somewhere with a caption so then you've got to label what this gang is it's the freshy surfing dance. It's like rugby wives. It's like, you know, it's something dumb. Year 12 buddies in 10 years later. It's like you just, you've got to reduce whatever is going on down to like a theme. What? What? You're laughing because you know it's true. No, I'm laughing because I'm like, do you want my husband to hate you? I know he already hates me. It's like, I, I love you, Rue. But I hate a group shot. Everyone's begrudging. No, it's, Everyone okay. is begrudging. No one's like, oh, yes, great idea. That is just what I feel like. Stopping what I'm doing in this social situation and standing awkwardly with my arms around two people and smiling. And then, oh, I know what would make this moment even better. Let's rope in a stranger to take the photo for us with someone's phone. And then someone's like, oh, with my phone too. And then they're like, can we have a look? Can we just do one more? It's horrible. Okay, may I talk? <laughs> May I rebut? Yes. 
in these group photos, I'm not talking wedding group photos, no. I'm talking social group photos. Yeah. How many people have been involved in these group shots? Five plus. Five plus. Yeah, what's more than the, five. What's the maximum? What do you mean? In a group shot? Yes. In a, one of these social group shots that you're uh, shitting on. There's no maximum. It's just however many people are there. Okay. But I'm talking in the real life scenario. <laughs> I don't understand your question. Be direct. Have the hard conversation. <laughs> Put down a boundary. I'm good at communicating my feelings. Okay. <laughs> what I'm saying, Rebs, is in the history of the group shots that you've had to be in, forced upon by yeah. my husband. Yes. What was and others. Not, this is not directed at your heart. It's not coded. It's not just at Rue. It's any group shot, any time. I get so awkward. No, no I'm not. Stop <laughs> hedging the question. <laughs> Tell me a time where you've been forced into a group shot. What was the maximum amount of people? Oh, probably. I'm not good at numbers. It was 30. <laughs> 30. Yeah. 30 people. I don't want to be tagged in something where there's more than four other tags. Now, in case you haven't picked up on it, <laughs> my husband is notorious. Notorious for loving a group shot. Loves a group shot. Collects them, you could say. You could say he's a collector of group shots. Fuck off. I'm talking. It's my turn. Now, when he lived in the US for six and a half years, he was known as the group shot man then. And followed him his whole life. His whole life. And this is the thing. There would have been friends of his in those moments who goes, okay, here he comes with the fucking group shot again. Fast forward 10 years. No joke. They thank him for all of those photos because it's a marked moment in time that no one can remember or have any vivid details of what happened that day or what they wore or anything. But Rue has a photo of it. Not to get dark or bleak, but someone that he knew from the US passed away this year and the the friends of that person have said to him dude you're the one with all the photos of him because there was no one else who was good at staying on top of capturing those social moments yeah. and now we're actually using a lot of your photos that you uploaded to Facebook for his service so Hubs is like I don't care yeah yeah totally if in that couple of minutes of inconvenience in a social occasion that you are enjoying that you stop to take a photo that you then get gifted with that memory for life in a permanent sense through a photograph i see i've been ungrateful and i retract it all yeah you're fucking ungrateful the question was what do you wish you could say you don't want to do because you hate it and mine is group shots <laughs> Mine is wedding group shots. Okay, specifically it's wedding. It's people en masse. It's I just have too many people. Do you know what, Revs? The older we get, the less we're in photos with our friends. Yeah, it's true. Because the more we are focused on photographing our children it's and all capturing all of their memories. Shots of the kids. Yeah. yeah. Or beautiful shots of the dads with the kids. The mum, GP. The mums appear nowhere. There's never a shot of the mum. Yes. <laughs> Genuinely love it when we get a photo of the adults now at this time in life. Because one day we're all going to be wrinkly yeah our tits are going to be in our shoes shoes. and we will look back at ourselves in our 30s and either laugh at the fashion yeah or laugh at how stupid we were for thinking how fat we were or how whatever we were or how old we thought we were in our 30s when when we're in our 80s we're like oh jesus we really are old now (laughs) in fact i want to get on the podcast and encourage everyone (laughs) it's really took a turn (laughs) yes it's taken a turn but like if covid has taught us nothing yeah 
it's that quality time with our loved ones and that feeling of togetherness is actually something to not take for granted yeah right and now when we have barbecues at our house again which I really can't wait for and hubs is like all right everyone in a group photo I'm gonna be like yes motherfucker he's gonna be like everyone in a group photo except revs oh no I'll be instructing him to say except revs revs, will you take it I'll be instructing him to give you the camera and you take it and erase yourself from all of his <laughs> memories because you have been such a Grinch about Hubs's group photo. And do you know what, Rebs? Oh, God. <laughs> Facebook memories... And now iPhoto memories, they serve up some juice. It's true. When it comes in those rogue, and yeah, group shots, let's be honest, they're a bit rogue, right? They're those rogue images. Why can't it just be groups of five or under? Just walk around the barbecue and take, go, hey guys, smile, captured. Hi, smile, captured. Rebs, the most people we ever have at our house is usually 15 people. Yeah. That's not that hard to get a group shot with 15 hours. I don't know, I'm being being stuck in my ways. I need to open my mind and evolve to your way of thinking. You've convinced me. Grip shots for life. <laughs> All right, senorita cranky pants. No, do you know what? You know me. I'm oh my a- God, I'm at the moment, okay? <laughs> you need to read my mind and get off my dick. No, I'm stubborn <laughs> as an ox. From now on, you're not in any group shots. <laughs> you're just not. And Hubs is going to post them to his socials and he's going to write his dumb captions <laughs> that's very nostalgic for his childhood, always. Being like, freshy crew, 2013 May, high school crew. And you won't be in them. Are you feeling a bit left out and sad about it now? Number seven, where's the hype girl enthusiast? Anyway, now I've been completely erased from the friendship group in my time of deep insecurity and tenderness. Self-inflicted. Literally, I hate Group photos. I'm just saying what everyone's thinking. So if you want to take everyone who hates a group shot out of the group shot, it's a portrait. (laughs) Do you hate group photos? Tell me. Do you? (laughs) Anyway, shall we do a not sponsored? Hit me with your not spun. I said, hit me with your not spun. I have an online store. It's not a particular product. It's just a really well curated online store. I love me a curated online store. It's got homewares. It's got clothes. It's not a brand. It's got, it's like a collection of brands. So it's like a lifestyle store. It's like if you walked into a lifestyle store IRL, it's just online. Great. It's called My Chameleon. Ooh, I've never heard of this one. Mychameleon.com.au. They've got beautiful homewares, really cool clothes, really good brands. It's just curated in a way that you can sort of like... You're, you like everything. You know? Right. So it's just kind of fun to fill a cart. So that's my not sponsored this week. God, I didn't have to sell it much, did I? No. My chameleon. My chameleon. What about you, girlfriend? Okay, mine's something bougie. Oh, great. I guess the only reason why I'm sharing it is if you're looking to buy someone a special gift Mm -hmm. or if you're looking to treat to your home Mm -hmm. with something really beautiful and you're at the stage of life where you're interested in investing in some nice pieces. She's selling it. And also, I just want to bring your awareness (laughs) to this brand if you haven't heard of it. There will be some people who are like, oh yeah, I'm all over it. And there will be some people who are like, I don't know what that is. And then you'll jump on Instagram and you'll be like, oh, this shit pretty. And there'll be some people who never look it up and never know about it. And that's going through all the scenarios <laughs> of how people are going to receive your not sponsored. Correct. Yep. Okay. So what is it? It's called Mud Australia. <laughs> oh, I love mud. See? Love mud. <laughs> so you're in that cabin. I want to call you Gem Setup Frenita because <laughs> you love a setup. You can set up three times longer than you need to about anything. Okay, guys, what I want to talk about today, it's something really tricky, but also really important to talk about. And why I think it's 
it's important to talk about is because we never really get into this with our friends. Like the other day. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What's your point? <laughs> I like to hold you in suspense. So Mud Australia. Yes. So the reason why this has come to mind is because my dear brother and his fiance are getting married next month. Finally. And they're moving to Australia in December after their wedding. I could go into a whole story about me and my heartbroken mum about not being able to attend my brother's wedding. Mm. But I won't because I'll probably fall apart. Anyway, they have been figuring out their wedding gift registry and they're figuring it out in Australia because, of course, they're moving here in December. So my brother and his fiance have been asking me about, hey, what's the best brand of crockery or blah, blah, blah. What should we add to our registry? So I suggested Mud Australia. Marley, my soon-to-be sister-in-law, is like in love and she's added all this beautiful mud stuff onto her registry. It reminded me how much I loved it when I received beautiful mud homewares on my wedding day. So they're like really fine ceramics. They're really fine and every piece is handmade. Mm -hmm. So they're slightly imperfect and unique and I love that. They're not just a carbon copy. I think they call that organic shapes. Organic shapes, raw. But for me, it's the colors. Yeah, they're beautiful. They are these sort of powdery, soft, muted tones, but still colorful at the same time. They have a huge range of colors but the material on the exterior so the interior of all of their bowls and plates have a shiny finish glaze and then the exterior is a matte unglazed is it unglazed yeah i didn't know that about Mm -hmm. the mud things but here's the best bit about all mud products dishwasher friendly amazing you know when people go and get really dumb fancy crockery for their wedding that has like some sort of gold feature and therefore can't be put in a dishwasher yeah fuck those guys (laughs) fools You fools, the lot of ya. You can get beautiful crockery that is dishwasher and microwave friendly. Mm. So Mud Australia, big shout out to you. We'll say. Also oven safe. Fun fact. Yes. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. You can cook a casserole in your cheese platter. Amazing. Amazing. What's not to love? What's not to love? Yeah, that's beautiful. Great knots, funny. Thanks, Dizzy Rascal. Let's cue the outro. <laughs> One of these days we'll have an outro to Are you sleeping me here on my own? I really need to burp. <laughs> I burp. Oh! <laughs>